The purpose of Wealth Talk is to educate, inform, and hopefully entertain you on the subject of building your wealth. Wealth Builders recommends you should always take independent financial, tax, or legal advice before making any decisions around your finances. Welcome to episode 49 of Wealth Talk. My name is Christian Rodwell, the Membership Director for Wealth Builders, and I'm joined by our founder, Mr. Kevin Whelan. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Chris. Nice to talk to you again. Yes, good to be back. And um, today's episode, we have named it the rising tide of uncertainty in business. So kind of topical here with uh, a few things that have been going on, certainly things that have been in the news over the last couple of weeks or so. Yeah, I mean, the rising tide is certainly true right now. I mean, we've had, look, look at those devastated businesses caused by the floods, the wettest February on record ever, I think I've been told. Um, just just imagine if you've got a small business and, you know, the floods just completely ravage your business and you're devastated by it. And for some, they'll never recover, you know, which is why I just want to say a real big thank you to entrepreneurs who, you know, get up in the morning, they take the risk, they make payroll, they have five jobs instead of one job to do, and they bust a gut, often, you know, paying a price for that. Um, and some news later, that is just devastating to me what the government are trying to do to kick the owners, the business owners squarely in the teeth. Uh, and I want to try and help people understand that problem and how to mitigate themselves so they can ride this tide that's coming. And not just that, of course, Chris, is the coronavirus is creating uncertainty everywhere. The markets don't know quite how to react, do they, at the minute? No, no. We've seen the markets uh, yo-yoing definitely over the last few days. and. You know, you can read any kind of newspaper and see that it's having a knock-on effect across many industries. Of course, travel and tourism is being hit hard, but even the car industry. So we just don't know. And there's always this uncertainty, um, which I think is why we talk so, you know, with such belief about the more pillars you can have in place, then the more certain you are. And when these occurrences come up, then you really are protecting yourself because you're not reliant on just one source of income coming, whether that be a business or from the stock market. Well, exactly right. And the reason why multiple pillars is important is so that you can create independence. And independence isn't just a word. It's independent from the economy, independent from political persuasions, independent from what happens in the weather, what happens to, you know, the sort of health situation. You've got to build your wealth in multiple pillars. And while we're still squarely talking about business owners here, uh, obviously very close to my heart, as you know. Um, you know, Many of you know my dad was a business owner and uh, died, unfortunately, and fell into the business owner's trap. Maybe I'll talk about that a little bit. But there's just so many things business owners you know, actually are exposed to more risk than anybody else. And um, I think it's important to try and get business owners themselves sometimes to see their life through a different lens, you know. So what I mean by that, Chris, is, you know, if you think about a business owner and you imagine them, you know, these people who are running their businesses up and down the the riverbanks and and everywhere across the country, they've got kind of a tunnel vision, don't they? They kind of look at the business as if the business is their sole focus and everything they do is to, to, you know, make that business work, particularly at the beginning and then when they get into more complexity, and what they tend to do is build a quiet little web around themselves that sort of traps them in. And, and I think there's definitely a way to look at that 
in a way to, to see yourself if you can, if you're in a small business or you're thinking about creating one, you know, begin with the end in mind and be, a, be an entrepreneur, not a business owner. And there's a fundamental difference between the two, Chris. Okay. Would you, uh, would you care to share that with us? Sure. Well, you know, business owners essentially kind of have that vision of doing business. So in reality, there's a bit of a misnomer going on that business owners somehow think in many cases that they'll use language like, um, my business is my pension or my business is my baby. And they think about their business in a very personal way. And in many respects, they, they become so closely connected and tied to the business. It becomes almost impossible for them to see it as a separate asset in the same way as we'd look at a, a home or a pension or an investment or a piece of property or a piece of IP. You get the point? They get sort of so focused on the business as an asset, but for many people, their business is not an asset because they've still got one source of income, which is them turning up, doing stuff in the business. And, and what I say is, you know, a lot of people in business are what I would call smart business people. You know, they're, they have to be smart because actually, you know, they're holding down five jobs at once. You know, think about the, you know me, Chris, I'm a teacher, so think of the language of smart. And let's let's have a go at that. Shall I do that? The smart form mm -hmm. and then okay. how to be smarter. Okay. So if you think, if you're a business owner out there at the moment, you know, are you still responsible for sales in your business? Are you the chief seller? You know, are you responsible for that? And if you are, you know, you've got a sales job. Are you sometimes, when you look at the money side of things, which is the M, do you sometimes pay yourself last? Has there ever been a time when you had a sleepless night thinking about your payroll, but you didn't actually draw any income? Did that ever happen to you? What about, you know, getting caught up in the day-to-day -day tyranny of the routine of doing work, fighting fires and feeling important, which is the A for activities? You know, more often than not, the, the people in businesses are selling it, doing it, shipping it, managing it. You know, they're, they're, they're almost in a place where they become indispensable and they feel good about that. And I would say if you're indispensable in your business, that's a bad thing, you know. And then, you know, what about your relationships? You know, when, when people think about your business, do they think about you? Are you the key person that people turn to to make decisions? Or do you empower other people to make decisions in your business? Like, are you the key relationship with the supplier or a key relationship with your top customers? You know, do people see you as the linchpin in your business? If so, that can be dangerous. That can make you fall into that trap. And just as importantly, you know, are you sometimes or have you ever been late or didn't show up for something for your kids? Has that ever happened? You know, if that's ever happened to you, your relationships can be suffering as a result of that. And then finally, T for time you know you sometimes find yourself knackered you know weary instead of wealthy you know do you feel that um i know i felt that you know which is why it's really important as i started off on my own wealth building journey to focus on not being smart but smarter and what i mean by that chris is e stands for being an entrepreneur not a business owner business owners focus on a business entrepreneurs focus on the enterprise in other words a business owner creates a business in which they work, 
trading time for money in various ways. And an entrepreneur creates an enterprise that works without them. Do you see the difference between the two? Mm. One is an enterprise. It works without you doing the work. Yes, you might set it up. Also, you're creating massive value. You're thinking about scale. You're not thinking about just limiting the amount of sales or the amount of things due to your time. You know. So in other words, you're thinking about scale. You're also thinking about creating streams of recurring income in your business. You know, that's a big theme for me, isn't it? And if you can create recurring income in a business that works without you, guess what, Chris? That business can be sold. If you create a business that can't work without you, it's dependent on you, then I'm sad to say, just like my dad did, you can get caught up in the trap of, you know, the the things that can really kick your business from out from underneath you and you know at least three out of four of those things chris happen to you as a person um shall i tell you what they are please do you don't want to interject in any way you know well i want to i do want to just double check we we got the r there so the r is for the recurring income is that right so sales money activities relationships and time that's smart and that's the five jobs you've got pretty much trying to balance all of those things. And sometimes you might do it well, but either way, it tends to trap you. And it's an invisible trap. The complexity takes you over, right? I definitely can see that when I meet business owners. But an enterprise, I mean, think about the sort of people who naturally come to mind, Chris. So if I said to you, an entrepreneur, who comes to mind? Well, Richard Branson always comes to mind. I'm going to say someone like Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg, these kind of big entrepreneurs. Right. But even the people who created those enterprises, and you think about that, um, Virgin is an enterprise. You know, Elon Musk has created enterprises. Zuckerberg created an enterprise. You know, they started off small, you know, doing things at university, doing things out of garages, doing things in a humble way. But they had a vision which was much bigger than the activities that surrounded the day, the week, the month in their business. You know, another one would be surprisingly probably someone like oprah winfrey the first black female billionaire um you know and that's massive stuff that people create multiple businesses because they allow somebody else to be in charge to make decisions to make the sales to manage the money to handle the relationships so they can have the time because having the time means you can be a leader of an enterprise as opposed to be the person who's in the business pulling or pushing the business. You see what I mean? Mm. And one of the very best ways that we recommend very often on this podcast is to know thyself. And taking the Wealth Dynamics test is one of our favorite ways of helping our members and clients to really understand where their strengths and where their weaknesses are. And I think all of those examples of those entrepreneurs are people who have sussed out really quickly the things they're not good at and then surrounded themselves with people who are excellent in those areas. Yeah, great point. Great point. And, um, you know, actually talking about clients and, and so on, we've got to always have a couple of thank yous, don't we, Chris? So a couple of people who have said nice things about us over the course of the week. And we always like to acknowledge that. Absolutely. Yeah. So our latest review on iTunes for the Wealth Talk podcast is from Mogsy Morris and saying, love the podcast and all the great content, the depth of knowledge and the way it's delivered is really engaging. I so wish this podcast had been available when I started my journey for financial independence 20 years ago. And uh, thanks to both you and I 
for the content there. So thank you, Mogsie Morris. And we've actually had um, a review just come in on Trustpilot as well. So Trustpilot is another great place. If uh, if anyone listening now would like to share your thoughts and thanks for uh, for the content, then Victoria is our latest review and um, talking about the help that she received setting up her SaaS and um, she's found the whole process being very helpful, walking her through every step of the way. So um, thank you to Victoria and Mogsy Morris there. Well, actually, it's Vicky, um, just because I know Vicky and uh, know her well. And um, actually, what's interesting about her is, you know, she had an opportunity to buy a property with Japanese knotwood in it. And, uh, of course, you can't get a mortgage on a property with Japanese knotwood. But her pension essentially made her that available because she bought the property essentially with the proceeds from her pension. So her pension, which would have been on the stock market, going all up and down like a yo-yo, as you said earlier on, Chris, now that turned into something that she can own, take care of the Japanese knotwood, and then she can refinance that and pay herself back. So, you know, great story. And we've got many of those, haven't we, where people can leverage something they didn't realize. And this is being an entrepreneur. You know, entrepreneurs uh, are more creative. They see value and they create that value. And um, and that's what we like. So even if it's creating value for yourself, the momentum of creating value for yourself enables you to, in due course, create value for others. And we heard that from Bronwyn's uh, podcast last week when she talked about she created great value and then wrote a book and now she's creating value for others. And this is the natural progression of wealth building. And, and, and actually, one of the progressions of creating value is also to create a business around that. And that's where we're talking about now. And one of the things I've got my blood boiling this week, Chris, um, um, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself here because I maybe haven't mentioned the kind of big things that uh, get in the tr- in the way of, of people's businesses. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll do that and I'll tell you what made my blood boil in a minute. So, you know, the, there's, there's four Ds, the four Ds that really can scupper a business owner. And the reason why it's important to know what they are is because invariably, you never see him coming. It's a sucker punch. It's in your blind spot. You just do not see it coming. Left side, whack, knocks you out. And it happens thousands and thousands and thousands of times, which is why less than 5% of business, the same as the 95% Chris who don't make it to independent, less than 5% of businesses ever get sold. And part of that is because of the 4Ds. Now, let's go through the 4D. And while you can't protect yourself against them, you can protect a little bit against them. And you can certainly try and deal with the blind spots by building more assets, not just the business you're in. So, Chris, you know about my dad, right? So so he died, right? Mm-hmm. And he was a business owner. But did he have a contingency plan so that if he died, the business would continue? Did he have a management team in play? Did he have systems and processes that worked without him? Had he sorted all that out? No, he hadn't. Why didn't he do that? Well, my dad was smart, but he wasn't smart enough. And unfortunately, not only did the business die, he didn't actually have any life insurance either. More about that in a minute. And, you know, when you get to a situation where, you know, in business owners, they're often driven. And uh, in many cases, like in my business, you know, I'm a driver. My wife's not so much. My dad was a driver. Mum, not so much. And when you get to a situation, or as from Geordie, they call it, me ma'am, 
And uh, my mum was very badly affected because they had a mortgage, didn't get paid off. She had a lifestyle, didn't have a decent pension, right? So, you know, this is, these are the things that affect people. They die because something happens. They don't see it coming. Or they never see it coming. They think they're invincible because they're full of energy and you leave people behind devastated. Not great. Not great at all. The second one is just as bad, and I'm not being doom and gloom, I'm just being realistic about businesses, is disablement. You know, you get something happen to you or a loved one. You know, you get cancer, you have a heart attack, you have a stroke. You know, everybody knows somebody who's had cancer. Everybody knows somebody who's had a health problem. And whether it's your health problem or a problem of a partner, these things can be solved just like death can be insured against. Disablement can be insured against. But most business owners just don't get round to it. Like they don't do their bloody wills, Chris. You know, they just don't do this stuff because they get caught up in the trap. And business owners know this when you tell them, but they just go back to doing, you know, the stuff they do every day and they forget about doing these things, even though, you know, if they look back, they would say, you know, I wish I'd sorted that out. The other one is a bit more of a challenge. Don't know how you solve this one, but it's it's the divorce, right? So many people getting divorced, we know the divorce rate is high, and many business owners who suffer from that time challenge sometimes you know have a higher divorce rate because of that time pressure they're not balancing their work life very well um and all sorts of different challenges come from that but but if you know that potentially half of your assets can be lost in a divorce just build more assets you know have the focus because you can't control that what you can do is have lots of assets you know and ensure that you provide for a spouse whether you're alive or dead disabled or divorced you know you take care of people and, and that's really important. And the fourth one is disruption. We just talked about, you know, floods. We talked about coronavirus. But I don't know, disruption, look, we, we've never lived in a faster time for technology change, for innovation. Just it's getting faster and faster and faster. The pace is picking up, isn't it? Just look at the high street, Chris. You know, if you, I know you're maybe younger than me, but if you look at what's happened in the high street in the last 10, 20 years, just the high street. Forgetting about other companies, you know, who's disappeared from that? You know, you could probably re reel a few names off, couldn't you? Well, you certainly can't go to Blockbuster and pick up a movie anymore, can you? And uh, Woolworths, I remember Thomas Cook recently. Maplin, you still love going to Maplin. So, yeah, a lot of those are no longer around. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I um, started at university in Leeds, you know, one of the big employers in there was Barrett Shoes. Well, they're gone. Um, you said BHS, you know, um, Mothercare, uh, House of Fraser, you know. And is it the people in the business who own the businesses? Are they not smart? Yes, they are smart. But they either don't see it coming because they're in a blind spot or they ignore it. Um, just like Kodak did, you know, when they thought, well, you know, people are always going to need cameras. But yeah, but they didn't need to develop them in the same way. And the whole world has gone topsy turvy. If you look at the biggest providers of cabs in the world don't own a bloody cab. Yeah, that's Uber. The, probably the biggest supplier of, of rooms, shared rooms, is Airbnb. You know, they don't own anything. You know, just, just, just disruptors everywhere. Um, you you got a WeWork, right? Right, yeah. That's another so. thing, you know. 
Um, yeah. What else? I mean, there's 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 loads of them on there. You know, look at who's changed the TV and uh, all that kind of stuff, which is um, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. So you know, so many things now happening, and each of these new businesses, you know, have a high propensity for scale and recurring income, and none of the owners drive the cabs, you know, clean the rooms, or you know, or making them making the films. You know, they they see themselves with a vision for an enterprise and a reasonable degree of recurring income, that is enough for you to, you know, add to the other assets that you've got in your life or to think about how you would sell that business by creating it as a business that works without you and with a high level or a higher level of recurring income. Because what's the interesting thing about businesses Chris, when they're sold, is most business owners, you know, get a bit of a shock. And uh, when they sell, if they ever do, to an acquirer, they think that somehow an acquirer is going to take the business off them, value all the blood, sweat, and tears they put into it, and then give them a big check and work that way. If you don't have a business that's high recurring, low dependency on you, you're going to be in an earnout, which means you could be being paid in that business for three to five years, no longer the boss, an employee with targets and objectives that all the independence and all the freedoms you entered the business to have now suddenly have been withdrawn from you. Now, business owners don't see this because they get caught up in the doingness. They don't have a plan for exits. And I think just as, you know, good property people will always have multiple exit strategies for their property. A good business owner has multiple exit strategies for their business. And one of the ways to do that, Chris, is to start today thinking about how you can actually create a package for yourself so you start to do things as a business owner that aren't just about today but are building that certainty for you in the future. And we need it because I've been hitting it my blood boiling, haven't I, Chris? Um, mm. You got a clue what it's about? Well, I think I might because um, it was front page of one of the newspapers today, and um, business owners have had a certain advantage or a relief, haven't they, up until what might change very soon? Yeah. So in the budget, uh, which is coming this month, the new chancellor uh, Rishi Sunak, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, has been dropping hints that they're going to abolish or potentially significantly change, we'll see, something called entrepreneur's relief. Now, this is another reason why you have to understand why I'm saying don't be a business owner, be an entrepreneur, because entrepreneur's relief is basically a tax break that says up to £10 million. You can sell a business up to £10 million, and you'll only pay 10% tax when you sell it. You don't get entrepreneur's relief if you keep it. You get entrepreneur's relief if you sell it. So you have to begin with a view that whether you keep it or sell it, a business must be capable of being sold. So that's the first thing. Entrepreneur's relief is for entrepreneurs, not for business owners. It's for entrepreneurs who sell things. And um, while that is under threat, the rumor is instead of making it $10 million, you know, they'll bring it down to a bit like the pension allowance, a bit more like a million. Now, the reason why that makes my blood boil is if you change something in a heartbeat 
when business owners, the savvy ones, will have been planning to maximize the profit in their business and often minimize their own takings, to up the uh, profit on their business, to get the best possible multiple on their business, and then they want to sell that business to give them the retirement income they didn't give to themselves because they thought the best way to control their retirement was not the stock market, but to be an entrepreneur and sell their business. And you pull that rug from underneath them, I think that's hugely damaging and sends a terrible signal for the very essence and the backbone of society. The people, as I said earlier on, who take all the risk, make all the payroll, are the innovators and the creators, and yet the government are making a soft, easy target to withdraw that relief from them. And that is why my blood is boiling around now, Chris. Yes, I'm not surprised. And um, obviously, over the last couple of weeks, we've had two guests, Dave Pierce and Guy Barlett, both talking about selling a business. And, um, you know, I'm sure they will have some comments on this as well. And in fact, we did say that uh, we would be inviting Guy Bartlett back very soon to talk about buying a business. So perhaps I can ask him his views when he's next on. Yeah, but, you know, what what it's uh, telling me, though, which um, almost vindicates, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I've got a number of different businesses and and each of them is capable of being sold. And um, while I may choose not to sell them because there's a high degree of recurring income, in them, I still don't like the idea that there's somehow going to be a limitation on that when you know they're just pulling that away. Anyway, the, the the key thing is yes, it's an irritation. Yes, I'm on my soapbox for today. I'll be off it tomorrow probably because I'm still focused on building wealth in multiple pillars. And the way to do that, if you're a business owner, is to learn the other pillars. You know, get a sense of there are seven pillars, including business, and almost if you can imagine. That if you didn't have tunnel vision and you just thought about the business, imagine you took a helicopter view and you rose above and you could see looking down all the seven pillars in a circle with home capacity and pension and investments and property portfolio. And there's your business. And then you can see IP and then you can see joint ventures. And you imagine this big circle and you're looking down from above. I hope you can imagine that. And that is your business. Your business is your wealth. Your business isn't the myopia of the business you're in. The business is the bigger business of your entire wealth. Because in in reality, you're always going to be in the wealth management business if you're surviving. You know, unless you die too soon, if you're going to live a long, happy life, you're in the wealth business. So see yourself in the wealth business. And I would encourage you to do Four things. One of them is a little bit of a joke, just just for me, and because you know I like to teach. So I want you to stop. If you're a business owner, I want you to draw a healthy income from your business to do four things. Okay, ready for this, Chris? Mm-hmm. First one, I want you to set up a director's pension. In other words, a SAS. If you've got a limited company. By creating a director's pension and taking some of the profit, the profit that maybe you've been restricting because you thought you're going to get entrepreneur's relief, shelter that profit, ring fence it and protect it. So whatever happens to your business, whatever disruption comes your way, you've got a good, solid family trust fund building up nicely up towards that million. So then you can start thinking, right, target number one, Mr. Whelan, let's get a million pounds 
in all of our business owners' um, hands from, you know, from uh, their director's pension or SASs. And then if they've got a million pounds tax-free from their business, we can go, right, million in the business, million in their pension. The next thing, if you're building your business and it's not ready yet, the R stands for relevant life. Relevant life, Chris. What that means is, is instead of ignoring your family or putting them at risk, if you believe you're building your wealth but you're not there yet, get the tax man to pay your life assurance premium. And when you add it all up, it's about 50% of the cost when you get the tax man to pay through a relevant life program. You can get certainly up to a million quids worth of life cover. Uh, it doesn't matter what figure it is, but you know, up to that kind of a figure. And the inland revenue, pay the expense of that. And on average, when I've done the maths for people, Chris, it's about 50% of the cost if they pay the premium themselves. And, and as it's written in trust automatically, relevant life policy must be in trust, then you're actually protecting your family. So the pension is building your uh, retirement income up, and the relevant life is protecting your family if you suffer the D on death. Okay? Mm-hmm. The third is build assets as you go. So as you make some money, try and build an asset, whether whichever asset you choose. You know, you can build assets in your business. You can build assets through your SaaS. You can build assets personally. But take the time to build assets. Do something every 30 days to learn something or add a new skill. Imagine that you've got time in your current business, but time in your wealth business. And if you can, give that one day a month, eight hours a month, one day a month, and you create independent wealth. And you know how to do that. If you're following the podcast, you know how to do all the seven steps. And um, obviously, we're going to be talking a little bit, I guess, Chris, about the new program, because that's coming out on the 30th of March, right? That's right. Yeah. You want to mention that before I finish on my final W? Okay, well, I'll, I can interject and um, I'd like to say thank you to everyone actually who's entered our competition, which we announced on episode 47. So we've had a lot of people entering, but there's still plenty of time and that is to win a, a free place for the whole 12 months on our Seven Steps to Wealth program, which we will be opening up again on the 30th of March. So if you haven't entered, then head over to wealthbuilders.co.uk forward slash competition and you'll also be able to see all the details of the program there as well and jump on the wait list as well as entering the competition so yeah that's uh that's coming up very soon yeah i'm excited about that because we keep saying we're scratching the surface aren't we of the five percent and we want to get that to six percent and seven percent and the way to do that is to try and at least help people have the skills to be able to build wealth on their own terms if they want to you know, if you're kind of slightly DIY, that's fine. Um, obviously, we believe wealth is better built in collaboration. Um, we believe that very passionately. So we want to collaborate with people and help them. But whichever way you choose to build wealth, you know, uh, keep listening and tell somebody else about this podcast. So uh, just as um, Mark Morris, Mogsy, uh, mentioned us and said he wish he'd known 20 years ago, well, wouldn't he be very grateful if somebody nudged him and said, hey, Mark, have a, have a listen to this. It's pretty good. But anyway, 20 years ago, we weren't doing it, Chris. You were still in your nappies, weren't you? <laughs> Just coming out, I reckon, yeah. You want to know what my final W is? Go on, then. Well, I'm doing it myself, okay? So let's recap before I do. D, director's pension, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not 
we've got some free SaaS videos, right? So we teach SaaS. Uh, we've got some videos. How would they get hold of the videos, Chris, if people were curious about what's a SaaS, how does it work, who's it for, all that kind of thing? Because we've got lots and lots of materials around that. What's the best yeah. way? Is, is definitely inside the uh, mem- free membership community. So um, heading to wealthbuilders.co.uk forward slash membership, just uh, um, you know register there and you'll get access straight away to loads of resources and some SaaS videos inside of there as well. Okay. I don't think we've got any videos on our relevant life, but if you're curious about that, you could find some way to drop us a message and we'll, we can send you a bit of information about that. Absolutely critical if you're a business owner with a young family and do not be like Kev's dad, you know. Don't forget, don't be good intention but bad execution is what I say about my dad, you know. Um, he would he would be very upset if he could see what the impact of what he had done when he had really great intentions and the hope we all hoped the business would survive him, but it but obviously it did not. Um, we talked about building assets, we know enough about that. But you know, there's a few little freebies still left for us business owners so i call this wheels and well-being w so well-being first right so well-being you can claim uh an amount of money for uh a personal health check you know like a well man or well woman check up to 500 quid a year and you can also claim for a financial health check as a director so you know if you're interested in that uh give us a shout you can claim that back but big news, big news. You know, there's we talked about disruptors, Chris. And one of the big disruptors we're going to have in the coming years, you remember in uh, that was in the news recently from 2035, you won't be able to buy in the UK petrol or diesel cars because there's a, a whole kind of energy around uh, electric cars and, and moving people towards that. So just an interesting thing. So um, I'll be ordering my electric car, which is a, a nice Jaguar I-Pace. Um, and uh, because it's an all-electric car, then there's no benefiting kind tax, which means my business can pay for it, and it costs me nothing. So I'm happy about that, Chris. Um, yeah. Looking forward to taking delivery soon of my new I-Pace. Well, I look forward to having a spin in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just I'm not sure how far I'm going to get, Chris. So, <laughs> <laughs> Shall I bring my battery pack with me just yeah, in case? Yeah, bring the battery pack just in case. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bring an old charger. But joking aside, you know, my wife's not very happy about uh, not being certain um, of that. But then, you know, you're not certain how far you're going to get in a tank of fuel unless you fill it up. So, you know, there'll be chargers everywhere, and I'm more than happy to be part of the early adopters of electric cars if my company can – can pay that and it's money I don't have to spend um, and my business can pay for it. I work hard in my business, so why shouldn't I have a very enjoyable D-R-A-W from my business? And I'm delighted to say I do that and uh, and I would like everybody else to think about doing the same for themselves and stop paying yourself last. Well, that's great. So we've covered a, a lot of different things today, Kevin. We just covered Draw, we had Smarter and then the 4Ds. So I'll Recap those in the show notes for anyone who uh, perhaps wants to go back and and jot those down. And um, I think a good message today is obviously business is still a great asset class, but you have to be prepared at all times for many things that can come out of the blue. And the overriding message, the more pillars, the more wealth you can build in multiple pillars, the better. Couldn't have said it better, Chris.
<laughs> well, thanks, Kevin. I think you've got a speaking gig coming up, so I wish you well for that one this week. Should be a big event. Yes, I'm very looking. I'm very much looking forward to that. So um, this is the sort of message I'll be sharing with business owners because I'm very passionate about helping entrepreneurs. It's uh, they're very near and dear to my heart for all the reasons I've outlined, and I'm sure entrepreneurs' relief will be talked about because the budget uh, actually the budget's next week, I think, isn't it? So it'll be talked about. That's for sure. It's 11th, isn't it? Um, and I think that's when we'll be seeing each other again, Chris, isn't it, on the 11th of March? So I'm sure we'll um, we'll take a few minutes out to see what he says about that and uh, we'll report back because uh, it's quite an important issue if you're thinking about selling your business at some point and I encourage all business owners to at least have a thought that says, if my business is a good business, it's capable of being sold. Frankly, whether you get entrepreneurs relief or not, shouldn't matter if you're building your wealth in multiple pillars. That's great. Well, thanks for listening today. Thanks for sharing all of that with us today, Kevin. And uh, we'll catch up on the next episode of Wealth Talk. Okay, see ya. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget that we are constantly updating our resources inside the Wealth Builders membership site to help you create, build and protect your wealth. Head over to wealthbuilders.co.uk slash membership right now for free access. That's wealthbuilders.co.uk slash membership.